Previously on the Black and Blue Report. Well, we focus so much on the Saints during training camp, we really haven't talked about some of the other storylines going on around the NFL. And to help us out with that, let's welcome in Jason Cole, who covers the NFL for Bleacher Report. I think that they have a chance to make up for what they what they lost with Graham with the speed to take advantage of how Sean Payton spaces out the field. Every Tuesday, we'll bring in our fantasy expert to help you with all your fantasy needs. And that expert is, of course, Jake Seeley from RotoExperts.com. You had a deep game for Brandon Cook. Wow, he's he's in store for a huge season. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Black and Blue Report podcast, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, and it is now a Wednesday. And strangely enough, it's the uh, travel day for the New Orleans Saints, travel day for John DeShazer and myself. Glad to have you all alongside, and greetings from O'Hare Airport in Chicago. This is a... Uh, a first uh, for me, John, to, to do this podcast here, not only in an airport, but one at Chicago's O'Hare, one of the famous airports in our country. And I think fitting that we take this pause before the Green Bay game to visit with the folks here from one of the people-watching capitals of the world. Yeah, taking the pause for the cause in the airport. So, <laughs> yeah, do a little work while we're here uh, on our way to Green Bay. So we will get there shortly, soon enough. But, um, yeah, it's a great airport. Obviously, humongous. Uh, swallows up a few places that we can think of, but <laughs> and a great place to be. So yeah, we're gonna get it done. Oh, just say it. This isn't Lewisburg, West Virginia International. Uh, this, <laughs> you and I were uh, traipsing through last month, but we start September here in Chicago. We'll end the preseason tomorrow, as uh, JD mentioned, in Green Bay against the Packers. Of course, we'll have a report from there tomorrow as well. But uh, yesterday, back in New Orleans on campus, uh, it's a significant day. It's that first cut down day, and. Uh, a few names did kind of jump out, but I don't think anything overly surprised me, J.D., when you when you look back at the cuts. No, nothing really smacked it. I mean, there were some names, uh, Eric Lorig, the fullback, but he hadn't beaten out Austin Johnson all training camp, and Austin Johnson filled in admirably last season when Eric Lorig began the season injured. Um, Nick Toon was one of the guys who was released, uh, a former draft pick, the wide receiver. However, however Nick Toon was – wasn't really high on the depth chart uh, all through training camp. Uh, some younger guys that managed to move past him, including a Brandon Coleman and, you know, maybe even a Shontavious Jones and some of the and, and a Willie Sneed. So, you know, his his position seemed to be in peril for quite some time. Um, Terrence Frederick, who ended up starting a couple of games at cornerback last year, but was not able to beat out some of the guys that they brought in and some of the younger guys who developed. So, yeah. You know, some of the names kind of jumped out, but not a really big surprise. Yeah, what do we have? 22 more players to go on Saturday, right, to, to get down to the 53. Yeah, and those will be the difficult ones, especially get down to the last one because some difficult decisions are going to have to be made at receiver, uh, maybe some difficult decisions at running back, uh, maybe some difficult decisions, maybe even at cornerback, uh, depending on, you know, what your injury situation is and how some of those guys flash you know, in the in the preseason game as well as the entirety of the preseason. So there will be some difficult cuts made out of those 22. You know, a lot of them are pretty academic. You know, I think um, we were talking to some some linemen, and, and uh, they expect all offensive linemen to be kept until the last cut because you just need the bodies. Uh, you expect most of the receivers to be kept because you need most of the bodies. But there will be some difficult ones down toward the end of those particular spots sometimes. Yeah, Saturday afternoon that will get down to 53, and then we are truly at that moment – into regular season mode. One of the transactions yesterday was that the Saints uh, signed uh, a cornerback off waivers who had been with Miami. Um, Seamster is his last name. John, I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's from Middle Tennessee, so he's another small school guy. But um, 
I think that it was an opportunity, as Coach mentioned yesterday, to take advantage of that first cut because other teams are going to do this too. They're going to take a guy in, at least for this this week, to have a look uh, at somebody that they didn't have a chance to get their hands on prior. But, but now um, the Seamster thing is interesting because – as uh, many Saints fans already know, there's a ton of media reports out there this morning that uh, Keenan Lewis has had hip surgery and will miss the first month and a half possibly of the regular season. And while the Saints have uh, not said word one about this or confirmed those reports in any way, if these reports are true, John, this makes a little more sense as to that transaction yesterday. Well, and, and what else makes sense about it is obviously this is somebody that they had their eye on and somebody who – they have to like. I mean, you bring in a guy this late in the game, you've got to like something about him, especially if you cut a cornerback or two in order to probably be able to bring him in. So this is a guy you feel like might have a pretty decent chance of making this team in one form or fashion as a special team or as a cornerback or as both because he's a you know because they bring him in this late in the game. Um, they, they obviously have had eyes on him and like what they see, so they're able to bring him in because he's an early cut. And, yeah, you don't like uh, – the fact that he has to be able to brought in, there might be a, an injury situation. You know, the Saints have had so many injuries in the secondary now. It's almost like, you know, last man standing. Who's left? Uh, everybody, every starter, every projected starter has been injured at one point or another during this preseason or during the offseason. And you just wonder how it affects, you know, chemistry back there. But, again, you know, you got some veteran guys who are able to kind of pick back up. Uh, we've seen Brandon Browner back at practice, so that's a good sign, obviously. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro back at practice. That's a good sign. Delvin Bro played in the last preseason game. That's a great sign. So, you know, they're getting some health returning, but if you keep having guys down, then you're going to have to go out and get some replacements. You mentioned Delvin Bro, and at this point I, it would be probably safe to say that he'll start at one of the two corners now when we get to Phoenix, Arizona in a week and a half. John, how, how big now? <laughs> how big now is this pickup of Delvin Bro? Not only finding a hometown kid and a great story and everything else, but – but what he showed this team during training camp. Well, how big and how lucky. I mean, I think uh, I think Coach Sean Payton said that Delvin Bro had about nine or ten more scheduled workouts after he worked out for the Saints originally. That means there were other opportunities for him to get away. And he said, you know, the, the workout was so impressive, he didn't want to see him get out of the building. So, you know, in some respects, the Saints were – very fortunate with that one he probably had a little bit of a, a pull to to play for his hometown team and two that he wasn't able to get out the door and get another offer because you know maybe he goes somewhere else where the path to maybe starting might be a little bit more clear than it might have been with the Saints uh, so certainly uh, a very very fortunate signing for the Saints and Delvin Bro has come in and turned out to be one of the better cornerbacks on the roster uh, we hear about his strength we've seen his coverage skills uh, we know he can cover because, you know, playing in the CFL is no joke when a receiver gets a 10-yard running head start at you. Yeah. So he's one of those guys who's been a major, major find, and now all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't come in to play, you know, to, to, to come in as, as a nickelback or serve as depth or maybe even a dime back. Now he might have to start for you and play significant snaps. John and I are in Chicago. We're on our way to Green Bay getting ready for Saints and Packers tomorrow night at Lambeau Field. We're going to talk more about tomorrow's game and some of the storylines that are going to go into that here in just a moment. A little bit later, we're going to hear from Zach Streif, too. Uh, he spoke to the media yesterday after practice, and I want to play that back for you because I thought he gave great perspective on uh, what it's like uh, not only for veterans this time of year, but also for all these guys trying to make a, a job happen for them in the NFL and what this fourth preseason game means to them. We'll also reflect back on how 
this training camp has gone. So we got a good visit going for you. Hope you'll stay with us. We'll be right back. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report from Chicago's O'Hare Airport today. Gate to G8 to be exact with John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly. Um, it, it never ceases to amaze me what people will wear to fly these days. Have you noticed some of that walking around O'Hare Airport today? I don't even want to talk about that. We, we, I, saw, I saw an outfit earlier, even before we left New Orleans, that you know would would give the name many. The, the name many would blush. You know, this was almost non-existent clothing. I mean, and some of this, I guess, you wear because you don't want to have to go through security checkpoints. You don't t- want too much to slow you down. But I didn't know they meant a lack of material. I just thought you know you just didn't want to wear you know shoes that you could just slip on and off and that kind of stuff. But yeah, you'll see something pretty ridiculous around. Yeah, I, I think. Between that kind of look and the look of I just got done painting my kid's bedroom or cutting the grass, uh, it's kind of shocking. Do, do you remember when we were when we were kids growing up? If if you got even the chance to go to the airport, which was rare enough, people dressed. Now look, as I say that in a long sleeve T-shirt and jeans today. Yeah, but that that counts as dressed right now. But <laughs> I mean, does. you know, you'd almost wear slacks and, and and hard shoes or something, man. You, you but then again, you didn't have these security checkpoints either. You didn't have this kind of you know, security measures to go through. And now people dress more for convenience than anything. But, the, you know, still, you know, coming to the airport just about naked is a little bit, you know, is a little bit much. Yeah. Do you think Saints and Pelicans fans will give us a pass for having Chicago deep dish pizza at 9.30 a.m. this morning? See, I was not going to tell that. And you could have kept it to yourself Sorry. also. But, you know, hey, you know, if they mad, be mad. I don't care. I ain't screwed because it was good. It was the best breakfast I've had in quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is going to be the all-cholesterol tour because I have a feeling there's a couple bratwursts in my future in Green Bay, too, and among other things. So um, we'll see how that plays out. Let's talk about Green Bay tomorrow. Um, I think I mentioned yesterday during uh, Afternoon Wrap presented by Acme Oyster House that folks generally want to hold their nose when they watch the fourth preseason game. Um, look, in, li- in light of the situation right now with the Saints and even the Packers, too, who have been nailed by injuries themselves, this preseason tomorrow I think is fairly interesting and a lot of guys fighting for 
How many spots did you see yesterday? Well, I think Coach Payton specifically mentioned eight to ten. Um, so that that's a lot of roster spots on a 53-man roster. And you add in the veterans who, you know, have been injured and are working their way back and might get some snaps. I mean, Coach Payton mentioned several guys who might be prominent for the Saints who might get some extra snaps. Brandon, Col- Brandon Coleman, the wide receiver, being one of them. Um, we don't know if we're going to see Brandon uh, Browner. But maybe we will uh, in this final preseason game. And so this is going to be a proven ground for some of these guys. Uh, here's an opportunity for Willie Sneed to get some more snaps and show a little bit more of what he's all about. And some of these uh, young linebackers, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's Hank Coley or, or somebody else. But, I mean, here's some opportunities for these guys to get out and get some snaps. Now, Marcus Colston ain't going to be running around out there. Drew Brees won't be flinging it to him. But Ryan Griffin has an opportunity to either show the Saints how much, you know, how valuable he could be to the Saints or show 31, 31 other NFL teams that he can be an asset to them as a quarterback. So there's some proven ground for some guys out here, and they, there's some opportunities for to get some NFL roster spots. Yeah, there are some really undecided spots. How about kicking right now? Coach Payton mentioned yesterday that they put their guys through 10 different snaps of competitive kicking uh, scenarios. Uh, look, this thing's going all the way down to the end of tomorrow night. Well, to be honest with you, I thought going through camp that you know before they got to the game situations, I thought Dustin Hopkins – had a better opportunity, stronger leg, uh, bigger kid, uh, you know, really nice kicker. And then Zach Hocker comes out, and he's the guy nailing 50 yards in the preseason games. Well, that's got to count for something. Yeah. I mean, so if there was a gap, that had to close it. And so now they're in a position where, you know, you, could, you might feel comfortable either way with either one of those guys kicking. And I think one of the two or both might be able to give you the element of kicking off, which could spare Thomas Morstead a little bit of wear and tear also the punter. So, yeah, that, that thing is really interesting going down to the wire. All right. Um, let's uh, – you want to play the roster game today or you want to do that later in the week? Uh, we'll do that later in the week. We okay. can, uh, but, well, I mean, we can, we can speculate on some guys. Uh. Let's, let's take two position groups today and then we'll, we'll do the rest perhaps tomorrow. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right, let's, let's start with kind of an easy one here, and that's tight ends. Um, obviously, Jimmy Graham is now gone. Benjamin Watson certainly has, I think, established himself as the one, and Josh Hill being the two. After that, though, how many tight ends do the New Orleans Saints have on their 53-man come Saturday afternoon? Well, I think there's only going to be one more, and I think it's going to be Orson Charles, even though he uh, is suspended for the, for the season opener. But I think he'll be the third guy. Now, maybe, you know, he doesn't – obviously, you, if he's not available for the first game, you might have to keep another tight end in lieu of him. But I think there will only be a total of three tight ends on the roster. That generally has been the area where the Saints have stayed. Uh, last year, they, it was you know, Jimmy Graham, Benjamin Watson, and Josh Hill. Uh, I think they'll stay somewhere along those lines. You know, with Benjamin Watson, Josh Hill, and maybe Orson Charles, with now Benjamin Watson kind of morphing into the Jimmy Graham role in this offense. All right, the other one we'll talk about is running backs. And and the gimme right now after Laura gets cut yesterday is that Austin Johnson's the guy. They're going to keep the one fullback. It apparently is going to be Austin, obviously. Um, but how many running backs then beyond that do the Saints carry on this roster? I think that's going to be the difficult one. I think there are four locks. There's going to be Mark Ingram. There's going to be Kyrie Robinson. There's going to be Marcus Murphy, and there's going to be C.J. Spiller. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with Tim Hightower. They like Tim Hightower a lot. But if it comes down to a roster spot between him and a backup linebacker who can play special teams also, and Coach Payton specifically mentioned it, it wouldn't be between Tim Hightower and the running backs. It could be between, you know, that running back slot 
and another spot for death. Well, now all of a sudden it becomes a much more difficult decision because I believe Tim Hightower has played well enough to be on this 53-man, but the numbers game might just catch him you know, at this time. So I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. And I think that's going to be the difficult one. I think they're for sure going to, they're for sure going to keep four. Coach Payton as much as, well, he didn't as much as say, he said Marcus Murphy's on this team. Yeah. So they're going to, they're locked in at four. Now do, do you go as deep as five? Because if you have five, now you're going to have to be a little bit light in the pants at another position, you know, whether that's going to be at receiver or whether <laughs> light in the pants, whether that's going to be at receiver or whether that's going to be at linebacker or something, but you're going to have to be a little bit light at another position. So that will be an extremely interesting cut to see exactly what they do there. My gut tells me, you know, my eyes told me that Tim Hightower was going to make this team early. My gut tells me he's going to be a casualty on that last cut and that they're going to have, they're going to sell for death at another position, maybe at linebacker. Let's note this about Hightower, um, a, a man of which you wrote about during training camp, that we all know the story that he's been out of football, has now come back from a devastating knee injury. I want to note, though, that he has not missed one practice, not one practice in this comeback effort. Look, I, I think he's going to be on somebody's team. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know whose team he's going to be on. He's going to play somewhere in the NFL. I think his, you know, his, his comeback story is great, but it's not just that. It's just what he's put on the field, whether it's in, in OTAs or whether it was minicamp or whether it's been training camp or the preseason games. He has shown that he has the ability, again, to play in the NFL. You know, if it's a numbers game here, it might not be a numbers game somewhere else because he's put up enough good film, I think, to where somebody's looking at him saying, we'll take a chance on the guy. He looks like he's all the way back. All right, that's John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly. When we get back from this next time out, we'll uh, check in with the veteran, one of our go-to guys, Zach Streif, who spoke to the media yesterday. We don't expect Zach to play tomorrow, but we certainly need his thoughts here during this final week of the preseason. Stay with us. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. As promised, we continue here on the Black and Blue Report with yesterday's uh, Zach Streif meeting with the media. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably underestimate the work with the Patriots. 
um, for us up front, for guys, linemen, corners, receivers, I mean, it's full everything but tackling. Um, for personally, I mean, I played next to Jai all camp. We didn't miss a rep the entire camp. I feel like we're more than ready to go. You haven't had to worry about that fourth preseason game in a while, but can you remember back when that was very important for you? Yeah, absolutely. I had a, I had several of them. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting, it's a unique deal as a player, as a young guy, because it's such a big game for you, and yet it's kind of, you almost rushed into it. You know, you play a game on Sunday, we come out, we practice against each other. Tomorrow they hand you a list of plays, and then the next day you go and, and play, and you're playing for your career, basically. So um, I, think the, I think the guys in the locker room understand and respect that, and, um, you know, we'll do anything to help those guys get ready. But at the end of the day, I think, they want to see those guys go in and work on what they've been working on. And uh, it is, it's, it's a big game. It's an emotional game for young guys. And, um, you know, as a, as a player, I think you really respect what, what goes on in that game. Coach Payton said before this camp that it would be a tougher training camp than it was a year ago. Was it tougher? And was there a difference this year compared to last year? Um, yeah, I would say that there was a, first of all, we've essentially camped through this game. So, you know, we, we haven't had a practice out of pads, really. Um, there's been walkthroughs, obviously, but every time we've come out, this is the first time we put shells on all camp, and it's on a three-day work week for those, you know, for, for guys that are going to play. So um, it was physical. I mean, we, you know, I'd say we got after it as, as much as you can anymore with the way that the rules are set up. Um, we conditioned after every practice, you know, including night practices two days before the game. You know, we still went out, banged, and, and conditioned. So. Um, I think we, we've noticed a difference, and you know we'll see how that. Obviously, you hope that pays dividends. It gives you a chance. It doesn't guarantee anything. So, yeah, I think you said something early in camp about don't ask us now how how the culture has changed because we haven't gotten to the dog days yet. Mm -hmm. how, how did you like that aspect of things? I think this is a, look. I think the group as a whole. We call it grinding. So. You get into camp and you get, you know, three, four weeks in, you know, it gets tough. And, and I think more than anything, there's been really good competition. Um, first of all, I think Coach Payton has been more aware of that. We've had a lot more periods where they're, hey, there's a competition here. There's a, it's, you know, third down period and whoever wins is running, that, that type of thing. And um, I think this team has a lot, of, a lot of guys trying to prove themselves, which is good. I think that's the situation you want to be in. I think there's, uh, a lot of guys that are fighting, you know, to make the roster, and that's what you want. You want guys that it means a lot to, and that it's important to them. And um, I think you can see that show up as you get later. Is that showing up in established guys who had down years last year as much? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think the season pushes guys. The previous season pushes guys that had down years to elevate. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have any pride whatsoever, it's embarrassing to go seven and nine. And it's embarrassing not to play well and have to read about it in the papers every week, right? So I think for an older guy, for a vet that's been around, I think there is tremendous motivation in having a down year, probably more than anything you could do in a training camp, you know, to create that type of feeling with, with a guy. Um, and I think it's a, it's a balance for the coaches to say, how far do you push a, a vet? And how much do you save some of his, you know, physical uh, well-being, you know, to, to how far do you push at it? So, um, like I said, I, I think the season, the, the disappointments of the year before 
is the motivator for the older guys. Are there any challenges for like a when a guy's coming in as an eligible receiver, just coming in cold like that, and like being dropped in, coming out, going back in? Is that challenging at all? No, I think you get. I mean, if anything, it's just unusual for a lineman. It's not something that he's, you know, that guy's probably ever done before. But no, I think uh, there's enough adrenaline in a game to kind of knock out that, you know, coming in cold. It's no different than a receiver or a nickel corner or, you know, someone like that. How is Mike Dunder helping to solidify the inside of that line? Well, he's, I mean, I th I'd say a lot of ways. One, he's a really good football player, um, which obviously helps. I think he's been super consistent for us all camp. Um, he plays with a lot of confidence, which is important coming from the guy that's making calls for us up front. Um, you can certainly see that experience in him. I mean, you see, you can feel when he comes up and makes a call that he understands what we're trying to do. And and on top of that, I think he's a great leader. I think he's he's been a tremendous leader for us. Um, and you can't have enough. I mean, you just can't, you know. And I think we, I've talked about it during camp. He He's a natural leader. He, he leads by example. He can... He can bring guys with him just by the way that he practices and prepares. And, um, you know, those are important assets that are tough to find in this league. All right, there you have it. We'll look forward to uh, Zach and that healthy offensive line as we get toward week one through the Labor Day weekend and get ready for game week against Arizona. Final thought here from O'Hare Airport. I can't believe I'm saying that when we come back. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a pita taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy Text Alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Taking a break from Mayor Landrew's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, back with you on the Black and Blue Report. Final thought here, John, as we get ready for uh, the rest of our journey today to Green Bay. Well, I mean, let's just wrap this thing on up. Let's get to the let's get to the regular season. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I, most of the time, I view the fourth preseason game as almost a throwaway game. You just don't want guys to get hurt. That's why the starters don't play a whole lot. And you, you know, but now this is, you know, we've seen it for the last two or three years. This has been a true evaluation process. I think Ryan Griffin made the Saints roster off his final preseason game in Miami a couple of years ago. And so we've seen some guys be able to kind of cement their status with a nice showing in the last preseason game. Some of these guys are going to make this team based on, you know, the accumulation of everything they've done, but certainly to top it off well in this final preseason game, that's going to mean the Marasa spot. So it's not quite a throwaway game. It probably won't be as crisp as it should be, as clean played as it could be. Uh, you certainly won't have the star power, but some, somebody, somebody is going to make this team probably based on this game. Yep. Good point. Good point. And with that, 
John and I will be with you from just outside the team hotel tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a black and blue report, obviously, from Green Bay. We'll also be joined by the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee, tomorrow, one of the best uh, in the business on the radio side of the NFL. We'll look forward to that, and we'll look forward to you being with us uh, on the road tomorrow for Saints and Packers. And that'll do it for us today uh, as we make our way up to Green Bay. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.